Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, friends. Welcome to Believe in Sparks. I'm Stacey Pates. The Sparks recently watched as four-time WNBA champion Simone Augustus decided to announce her retirement as a player and will continue her WNBA career as an L.A. Sparks assistant coach. She was drafted number one overall in 2006 by the Minnesota Lynx. She retires as one of the most prolific basketball players of all time. Her accolades include the four championships in 2011, 13, 15, and 17, eight all-star appearances, and she made six all-WNBA teams. Simone is also a three-time Olympic gold medalist with USA Basketball in 2008, 2012, and 2016. So how did Simone know that this was the right moment to retire, to walk away from being the player? Let's hear now from assistant coach Money Moan. Um, your body tells you. I just, I mean, it's been over the last like few months. I know it's like so unexpected that it happened the way it did, but um, you know, as I was ramping up for training camp, uh, I just remember having a session with my trainer. It was like, we're gonna do cardio, so we can start getting ready. And I'm like, all right, cool. And we walked in, and he was like, you got 48 sprints today. And I was like, what? Like 48 sprints. And so I, my ego got me through the 48 sprints. But then when I got to my car, I couldn't even crank my car because I was just like exhausted. Like I was just so tired. And my spirit was like, what are you doing? And so I constantly had that battle from like that day until the day that I decided, until I decided. But the last day was probably, you know, three days before our first game. Um, we had a great practice, like training camp was well. The intensity, the competitiveness and practice um, but for whatever reason, my mind and my body start to have this fight. Like my body was saying that it, it couldn't go anymore. And like the aches, the pains, the discomfort that I was experiencing was a little bit too much to bear. And normally, you know, as an athlete, um, you're able to like, that's, that's the whole beauty of being an athlete. We're able to have our minds command our body and have us do amazing things, jump through the air, run really high, you know, shoot the ball and do all these amazing things. And for once my mind did not tell my body to do, you know, what it wanted it to do. My body was like, yeah, I'll do it, but it's gonna hurt when it do it. Or it, I'm not gonna run as fast and I'm not, I'm not gonna jump as high. And so when that starts to happen, it really starts to like tug on your heartstrings about where you're at with the game. And so being in training camp, two players popped in my head like during the course of that time. And it was uh, Nia Coffey and Bria Holmes, you know, two players that have been around this league, they're trying to find a home. They worked really hard. Nia really had a great training camp and Bria had a very solid training camp. She's a mother. And both of these players are trying to fulfill their dreams. And I'm just like, if I can't play and be my wholehearted self and give everything that I, I can need to give to this team, then maybe I should step away. And so I started to think about the accolades and things that I had. And immediately I'm like, let me call my mother and my father because they've been on this journey with me the entire time. And so. I don't know what I was expecting from my parents, but when I called them, I was like, mom, you know, I think I'm thinking about hanging on my shoes. You know, my body just doesn't feel right. My mind just feel right. And she was just literally like, I don't know what, you, what else she was trying to accomplish. She was like, me and your dad have been sitting here like, what else is it that you want to do? You've done everything. And I was like, yeah, I know. But I guess some part of me, you know, the ego is just like, you, you can still do it or you have something to prove or whatever it is. And she was like, 
you know, it's time for you to get some rest. And I was in agreement with that. I was like, yeah, I agree. I, I really do believe it's time for me to get some rest. So um, I called Fish at about 1.30. And I was like, I, I didn't want to throw a monkey wrench into his like decision-making like for the final roster of the team, but I wanted to be as open and transparent as I could about where I was. And if this was going to, you know, affect someone's, someone else's opportunity on this team, then let me, you know, go, go, go and find, uh, you know, what was next in my career path. And so after me and Fish had a very intimate conversation, you know, the coaching idea came up and I was like, perfect. I have been fighting it for a very long time, you know, when I'm talking about coaching. You know, this was spoken on my life like about five or six years ago. Some random person that I've never met before you know, spoke coaching onto my life, like randomly at the store. And I was just like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And from that point on, I've been hearing about coaching. First of all, I love that Simone called her mother and father and that they gave her that affirmation and gave her that confidence to step into this new role. We'll hear more about this new role and Coach Money Moan after this message from our sponsor. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So, do you have some kind of sense of relief now that you've made that decision and? I was tired of fighting that battle as well with being a part of being coaching or whatever it is that I thought I was going to do, you know, after basketball. So it gave me an opportunity to be around my teammates. It gave me an opportunity to build a foundation and learn other Coach Fisher, LT, and Fred, who have a wealth of knowledge to to help me on my coaching journey, wherever this may take me. Um, and it was just a great opportunity to continue to be a part of the ecosystem here in the WNBA and continue to help grow and make this better. And now I want you to describe that young woman, young money moan on the cover of Sports Illustrated for Women. Describe the pride behind that moment and where it took you from that time. I would say that the impact that I've had on people, because I was the big fish in a small pond coming from Louisiana. Like I was, you know, that player. And then as I as I grew, as my game grew, as I became more visible on every level, people, the impact that I had on people, like, you know, just getting all these DMs, people were like, I picked up a basketball because of you. You know, I, I did this, I was motivated to do that because of you. And I think that's like my proudest like moment, like, you know, being able to impact, I guess. Ms. Nipsey Hussle said it the best. The highest human act is to inspire. And so to be able to inspire whoever, whatever age group, whatever race, whatever, whatever to do or do whatever it is that they're passionate about really, um, really, really touched me in a, in a way that I, I didn't know it would. What surprised me is, you know, it's very hard to be on top and stay on top for a very long time. And, and I never doubted my, my abilities or my skills, but that was a long time, you know, it was a very long time to be with a bullseye on your back. And I would always say like, I had my point in the sun and that sun was like beaming hot. Like it was beaming hot. I got sunburns from the sun that I was able to sit in for a while. And so um, just being, just knowing that I was able to be 
the top player for a good majority of my career and be able to keep uh, sustain that excellence throughout that time. A couple things I want to go back to, Simone, that you said, it's just proves your ability and your level of selflessness to take note of the limited spots that were on this roster that Fish was eventually going to have to um, alter, cut, thin out, um, however you want to say it, right? Things were going to change. People's lives, women's lives were going to change based on roster spots and their availability. Describe more of how that picture in your mind played into your decision. Yeah, I mean, ultimately it was my decision, but I mean... I looked around and I'm like, we are very limited on spots. It's a lot of great talented, talented players that got waived um, over the last past week. There's a lot of players from overseas that you all know about or never heard about that's waiting on an opportunity here. And so as, a, as a, obviously as a player that's in our latter years of her career, you know, I'm looking around and I'm like, like I said, if I'm not able to give what I'm used to giving, then I have to allow someone else to carry this torch and live out their dreams. And it just so happened to be Nia and Bria because I assumed like we were going to be sharing minutes at the positions that we were playing. Like we literally were going to be sharing minutes. So I'm like, I, why should they have to cut minutes with me? And I'm sitting there having a tug of war battle with my mind and my body. When they have two able bodies that, that can go out there that are young, that are fresh, that are trying to find a home here in LA and they want to play and they can play at the highest level. It's time for me to walk away because I've seen, you know, everything I've needed to see. And like you said before, it's very limited spots. So as time goes on, hopefully we expand the league and maybe revisit some of the markets that we had prior to or open up new markets. But, um, you know, decisions like this will be made. Players will, as they get in their latter years, start to see that the league is now in good hands and we have great young talent that's ready to carry the torch and move forward. I also love that this was spoken into your life, that coaching was spoken into your life and not just once, but multiple times. And that is certainly no coincidence. And I'm happy that you listened. Describe that more as well, that coaching being spoken into your life. Give us more insight on that. (laughs) I don't know, you know, things happen. You on your path, everybody is on their journey. And this is this is my path for whatever reason. Um, obviously, like I said before, when I speak, people listen, uh, especially young people, my teammates, like they always tend to gravitate toward me and I'm able to like hand them that knowledge. But with coaching, I don't know, it's just like, I need this as a part, like I love to compete. And coaching, you compete or just in a different way. It's almost like you got to figure out schemes and you come up with your with your patterns and what you're going to do and how you're going to attack. And that really excites me because um, a friend of mine that's also in coaching was like, Mom, she know I love video games. So she was like, it's literally like a video game, Mom. Like you, once you figure out whatever, you can like tap into this and you can do that. And I'm like, don't tell me that. Do not tell me that because I love video games and I love figuring out the different strategy. I love completing every game that I've ever played. So it's like, now it's about to be fun because I get to sit down, like I said, with three brilliant minds and LT Fish and and Fred and really get to figure out the strategy of the game and how you basically move certain pieces to the puzzle. Like you use one player, the matchups and this and that. It's, I don't know, I'm getting excited right now, but now I get to use those competitive juices in a different way and use some of the knowledge that I had as a player um, 
you know, in those moments, like how to come off of cuts of screens or how to defend certain things, like giving them my eyes or my brain, like as for 15 years, like what I can like pass on when it comes to that as well. So this is, this is about to be fun. And now let's hear from our friends at Windsider with a very special question. On a personal note, I just want to say that you're the reason I fell in love with the W and the reason that Windsider exists. So I want to tip my cap to you, but I want to take you back to your rookie season where you had one of the greatest rookie years of all time, holding a record that still exists. And honestly, no one's gotten even close to. Um, How does that rank with some of your other career accomplishments? And then also, if you could just talk to, I mean, so often WNBA players retire and it's almost like a ship in the night. What did it mean to you to see all the WNBA players and media stand up and say, hey, we got to give Moan the roses she deserves? Man, ooh, you talking about somebody wasn't close. Asia was close. Had had the, had the Aces made it to the playoffs, she would have got me, I believe. I think that's how it would work. But yeah, Asia was probably the closest one. Um, but I was very proud of that. Um, coming into the league at that time, obviously, you know, it was like heavy hitters. Uh, Diana, um, the Sparks, like all the players on the Sparks team, everybody gave me their best defender every night. And so that was like my welcome to the league. My first game in the league was against Lindsey Wayland when she played in the Connecticut Sun and Margot Didak was on that team. So I had up until that point, the, the biggest player that I played with was uh, was Sylvia, but Sylvia wasn't seven feet tall like Margot. So we, I had to like practice using the rim to like, you know, help be another, like to block her from blocking my shot. So I would do reverse layups. I remember like practicing that so that I could get ready uh, to play against someone her size. Uh, But the league at that time, just so many competitors around the league. It was very tough to deal with. I remember Detroit, like, because the links weren't that good at that time, they wouldn't even warm up for our game. And that really would piss me off (laughs) that they wouldn't warm up. And they still would beat us by like 20, 25, but I was like, man, if, if I'm going to go out here, I'm going to give them some buckets on the way out then. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them a couple buckets. And I know I remember that year coming out to the wire. Me and Kathy both had, like, amazing seasons. Neither one of us made it to the playoffs, but I ended up, like, chipping her out in points. And so I think that gave me the edge for rookie of the year, um, you know, with that. So that was amazing to see, and I'm glad that that record still stands. But I hope that, you know, someday, someday soon, someday far, maybe my daughter will break it. Uh, come do come through and uh, break that record. But as far as like you know the players, like I seen with Skylar Diggins, Don Staley, Sydney Colson. I mean everybody, everybody. If, if they weren't on Twitter, like Renee. I mean if they weren't on Twitter, like expressing their love, or if they weren't on Instagram expressing their love, they was in my DMs. And it's it's no better feeling because, like I've said before, as an athlete, we just kind of we just do. You know, and we never really get a chance to look at the accolades or the people that we affected, like who we played against or who we played with and what impact we had on them. And it's just um, amazing to see how I had some kind of influence over them. And they had fun. Like so many people talk about the fun times that we had, whether I remember that fun time or not. Like the fact that people were like, you know, I think when they put like, I remember going to mom's house on Wednesday nights to watch Power. And I'm like, oh, we did do that. Like, it's so much stuff that happens in so little time that you can't even, you know, think about it until like now when it's like all said and done and everybody's like celebrating and giving you your flowers. So it's amazing, um, you know, to experience this. And Josh Doucette from Simone's hometown in Louisiana. They all call you the GOAT here in Baton Rouge for sure, across the board. So Congratulations on an amazing career. I just want, if I could, get your thoughts on um, LSU women's basketball and uh, the big splash it's made by hiring 
uh, Kim Olke, who used to be a, a, a rival of yours. And uh, I just wanted your thoughts on that. And, and also, if I could, speaking to Tamika Johnson recently, she said that the former players, it was tough for them to watch after you guys went to five straight Final Fours and big crowds and everything, the program kind of go downhill. Did you, I mean, you've been very busy, obviously, but did you watch from afar and did you have any disappointment with that? Of course, yeah. Well, I kept up with the Tigers and it was very, you know, disappointing at times. I mean, obviously, we all know the glory days and the amount of work that we put in. And even after we were gone, Sylvia Files did a great job. Her and the, the Lady Tigers during that time did a great job of, um, you know, keeping that alive. And then it was like a, a major fall off, eight or 10 year fall off. And it was just kind of disappointing to see, um, you know, how everything unfolded. But then it's amazing how things come back around full circle. Uh, who would have thought that we would have had a chance to get Coach Kim Mulkey uh, back home. First of all, let's say back home because she should she should have been here a long time ago. But you know, things happen when they should. Um, and obviously, she's bringing in a championship pedigree, something that I wasn't able to do during my time. Seal wasn't able to do during her time. And now it's something to celebrate because we feel like, all right, we're back on track. We're going to be able to get the recruits that we need. We're going to be able to get the program back where it needs to be. Um, and I think Coach Kim Mulkey understands the legacy, especially when we're speaking about Coach Gunner and what she, the foundation that she started and built, you know, with that program, which is why I went to LSU, seeing those teams and how tough they were, even if they weren't ranked, knowing that when it was packed to PMAC, as you know, Jock, we played the biggest team. We played Georgia or Tennessee or whoever was some of the top teams, and we would pack the PMAC for like $2. And those games did not disappoint. And that was the biggest reason why I decided to go to LSU because I wanted to be a, be a part of that feisty crew of women. And we all know that Kim Monk is a firecracker. We have seen her teams and to be able to, you know, obviously be a part of that and see her, you know, bring our uh, program back to life uh, is going to be fun. And I hope to, you know, see everyone together. I think when, when she had her ceremony, everybody came like to see all of um, the alum and the Lady Tigers kind of come back and support her. We haven't had that in a while. So it was, it was a beautiful thing to see. So what was it like for you the first time that you stepped onto the floor as a coach? Man, I didn't, I honestly didn't know what to do. I was just kind of walking around. <laughs> I was kind of walking around. Like I walked through the locker room. I'm like, oh, I'm not supposed to be in the locker room. And I walked in the coach room. And I just went to the floor and I was just on the court for a minute. And the players thought it was just hilarious. Like they're still trying to figure out exactly what they're going to call me. So they're just like, coach or Coach OG, or Coach Money, or Coach Mom, or Coach Augustus. So they just kept saying that the entire, you know, the entire day. And uh, I just ended up settling in. Uh, Coach Fred came and spoke to me. He was like, you know, Mom, just, just find your way. Just find where you can kind of fit in. So I just decided to just be the basketball and help with ball handling and some other drills or whatever, and really just kind of get my feet wet in that way. So it, it was still kind of, it was still kind of funky because when game time came, it's almost like coaching, you're like a parent. You just you put your kids out, you, you know, you teach your kids something and then you put them out there to see what they're going to do. And then when they do good, you're like, yay. And then when they mess up, you're like, ah, oh, don't do that. Like, I told you to do it like this. And it's really nothing you can do to help them when you're just sitting over there trying to, like, figure this stuff out with them. And then at the end of the game, you know, like, I'm, I'm in the game and I'm just like, man, come on, that bigger roller, pull up, shoot that chain. What you doing? Like, they leaving all this space, they, you know. But, you know, at the end of the game, you know, obviously we, we took an L. You had to figure out a way to, like, bring them together, call them, you know, look, this only one game, we'll be back. 
we'll be back next week. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm learning how to do that, like get out of player mode. Cause I was sure like, if my knees would have let me get in the game, I would have pulled up a couple threes. Like I saw some openings, but uh, you know, I was able to kind of coach them a little bit, but you know, it's, that was my first day, you know? Who would you point to over the years that has impacted your life and your career the most? I can't give nobody else no credit but my parents, man. Like my dad, my mom, um, they were the examples. They were the sacrifice. They were everything for me when it came to this. My dad put the ball in my hand. My dad went and got, figured out drills. We didn't have any money. He put, put all these lawn chairs and belts and all kinds of stuff out there. Took my mom bowling ball glove that she's still pissed off about today to help me maybe, you know, form my shot. Uh, my mom even got in and helped me with my, uh, helped me with competition. Took my mom for granted one day, didn't think she, she could hoop and she beat me in hearts. You know, I learned a lot from them and not just on a basketball tip, but just about, you know, sacrificing. Like I got my first pair of shoes and my mom had a heart attack. And I, not knowing that my dad didn't even have a pair of shoes to go to work in. And he was like filling his shoes with uh, newspaper. But I needed to have some shoes for ball and they followed my dream. So that's why when it was like, oh, I need, I'm making this decision. My parents have been on this journey with me since, since I was five. Like I've been doing this since I was five years old. And they've been on this journey, enjoying it with me, fighting. I, you know, I can remember my mom at bitty ball games fighting with parents because I was dunking on their son and she, you know, like getting kicked out of gyms and all kind of stuff. So there was no other examples outside of them. They were, they are my everything um, when it comes to what life, or what basketball was going to be. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Believe in Sparks. And you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, Spotify, Luminary, iHeart, and Believe.com. And you can follow Believe Podcasts on social media at Believe Podcasts as well as at Believe Sports. And you can follow me at Stacey Pates. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening to this episode of Believe in Sparks presented by BetOnline.ag. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.